listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're engaged in a spiritual warfare. Obviously, this is one of the ways that we go about doing spiritual warfare, fasting and prayer, intercession, what we're doing in our times of prayer. We're taking place. You know, Paul the Apostle wrote, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So the weapons we're using, spiritual weapons, carry power to pull down supernatural strongholds. We're not fighting the devil or demons with guns, knives, bombs. We're fighting him with spiritual weaponry. And as we do, the Bible says that we're able to pull down supernatural strongholds. And um, I want to get into this tonight because one of the things God has made available to us as believers is angelic assistance. We have angelic assistance available to us as believers. And um, I want to start tonight in the book of Hebrews chapter 1. This is a very eye-opening verse of scripture regarding uh, angels and angelic assistance. And um, it's the 14th verse of Hebrews chapter 1. Listen to what the Bible says, speaking about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Ministering spirits. So one of the things we need to understand about angels right up front is that angels are ministering spirits. Angels are sent to minister. That's their purpose. They're sent. That's one of their purposes. They are sent to minister, but not for everybody. Look what it says. For the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So we've inherited salvation. So angels are ministering and serving those who have inherited salvation. So that means angels are working on your behalf. You know, there's this thought process, you know, like everybody has this guardian angel. I mean, I know people have heard that for many years. You know, like I've got a guardian angel and my guardian angel's watching over me. But I was listening to this uh, teaching by a man of God who's now in heaven, and he was talking about angels. And he said something that I had never really thought about Of course, there's, you know, God, who is the creator of all angels, he could have created more. I mean, after a third of the angels left heaven with Satan when he rebelled, God could have created more. God could have continued to create many more. We don't know. But two-thirds of the angels obviously stayed faithful. But I was thinking about this. I remember that this man had done a study on Revelation chapter 5, where the Bible says, Um, that in the throne room of God or singing the praises of God, speaking the praises of God, he said, I looked and I saw um, angels and there were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And what he said was that he went through uh, the Greek language there. I mean, just that alone. I mean, like, let's, let's take a look at that because 
I personally am not great at math. I'm okay at it, but I'm not great. So, (laughs) he went in and did the Greek study on, uh, if if you just look at the first part, 10,000 times 10,000, 100 million angels. But he said he went into the Greek, because then it goes on to say in thousands of thousands. He said in the original language, he did the multiplication on all of the, what, what the original says. He said it was amazing to find out that if you separated equally all of the angels that were just around the throne singing the praises of God and gave each believer on earth an equal number of angels, he said, this was Hilton Sutton, he said that each believer would have about 50,000 angels assigned to them. Just one believer. 50,000 angels assigned to them if you just went around the world to give each believer their portion, their equal portion of angels. So we have to go beyond this thinking or this thought process that um, you know we have a guardian angel. First of all, we don't know what God's created after the fall. And secondly, there are so many angels already. There's plenty of angels that are working on your behalf. They're sent as ministering spirits to serve on behalf of those who are to inherit salvation. So we've inherited salvation, and now we have angelic assistance. We have ministering spirits working on our behalf. And I want to encourage you tonight because the Bible is very specific about what it says angels do, what they're doing on your behalf right now, what they're accomplishing for you right now. And I want to cover that because if the Lord uh, has created angels to work on your behalf, you know, God doesn't have to get off of his throne. I said this when I was preaching one time, you know, the Bible does call Jesus the commander of heaven's armies. He's the commander of heaven's armies. The older translations call him Lord of hosts. Well, the hosts are heaven's armies of angels. He's the Lord of all hosts. He's the captain or the commander of heaven's armies. And uh, I said one time, Jesus is the commander of an army that he doesn't even need. Jesus is the commander of an army that he doesn't even need. In fact, when he comes back at the end for that final battle, the Bible says he won't use angels. He'll not need them, nor will he need the glorified bodies of his saints that have come back with him. The Bible declares that he will consume all of his enemies with the breath of his mouth and the glorious appearing of his coming. He doesn't even need his army. He's that powerful all by himself. But that shows you he also doesn't have to get off the throne. Jesus doesn't have to get off the throne. God doesn't have to get off the throne. He has a host of angels at his disposal. And we're going to see tonight. I'm going to show you five things that angels are doing for you right now. So if you're watching, you're jumping on live with me, please take a moment and share this broadcast right now and uh, get the word out to people as we're on day eight of this fast. Tomorrow we're jumping in. I can't believe it. I was just saying... Uh, When we come to to Wednesday, we're going to be halfway through this fast already, which it doesn't feel that way, but we're going to be halfway through um, in two days. So I want you to get this. Daniel chapter 10. Go with me to Daniel chapter 10. I want to read you something 
um, very interesting from the Amplified Bible. Um, you say, well, how, how do you know that angels are dispatched or how do you dispatch angels? You're going to see in this one passage of scripture. Daniel chapter 10. And I want to read to you. Uh, Daniel chapter 10. In the Amplified. But I'm also going to read it to you in the ESV. You say, how are angels dispatched? Look at this. The Bible says, <clears throat> then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. Now, this is an angel speaking to Daniel. This is the ESV. And I have come because of your words. Listen to the Amplified Classic. The Bible says, your words were heard and I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. That's Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Daniel 10, 12. He said, I've come in uh, as a consequence of and in response to your words. So Daniel's time of humbling himself and praying, look what happened. It dispatched angels. It dispatched angels. Can I tell you, that is one of the things that takes place when we pray. God will dispatch angels on our behalf. As we're in this time of fasting and prayer, get it in your heart. God is dispatching angels on our behalf. It's not, just a, it's not just something that happened in the Old Testament. This is something that happened in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter uh, 12, you know the story. Peter's in prison. But what did the church do? The church gathered together and began to pray, praying for Peter. And what took place when the church began to pray for Peter, the Bible says it caused God to dispatch an angel. And an angel came right into the prison, walked right into the prison cell, and the door opened. Peter's chains fell off. And the angel guided Peter right out of prison. And every door opened of its own accord until Peter was free. So notice, what was the church doing? They were praying. They were gathered together in a house praying. And as they prayed, what happened? The same thing that happened for Daniel when he prayed. God dispatched an angel. Hallelujah. So one thing we can see from an Old Testament and New Testament story, prayer can dispatch an angel. Prayer can send angels to work on your behalf to carry out God's plans. And so I want to show you five things tonight that angels are doing for you right now. Five things that they do, per, the purpose. What's the purpose of them working in your life? Here it is. Here it is. Number one, and I want you to take notes on this. Help me out in the comments. Help me with the scriptures. Thank you guys that are putting them in. I appreciate it. Number one, 
angels strengthen you in your purpose. Angels can come and minister to you and strengthen you in the middle of your purpose. Let me, uh, let me read this to you. Luke chapter 22, verses 41 through 43. The Bible says, and I'm reading New Living here. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Verse 43. Then, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened, invigorated, or refreshed him. That is Jesus. So Jesus hadn't even gone to the cross yet. He was on his way to the cross. And as he prayed, look what happened. An angel was dispatched to come and strengthen Jesus in his purpose. In his purpose. Listen to Matthew chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Jesus was finishing up his 40 days of fasting. The devil was uh, finished tempting him. Verse 10, Matthew chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it's been written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Verse 11. Then the devil departed from him, and behold, angels came and ministered to, attended, waited upon, hosted him. Hallelujah. So angels are dispatched on your behalf to what? To aid you in your purpose, to aid you in your purpose, to strengthen you in your purpose. So while you're living for God, while you're doing the thing that you're called to do, they'll come and strengthen you in the midst of all of that. Keep you. Hallelujah. That's right. Giselle said, make our ways easier. They can go out and remove obstacles, strengthen you in the middle of your purpose. It's powerful, man. One of the things that I want to share with you, I told you this last night, there's five things that we need to believe God for in 2024. One of those is a new strength. Well, as we're praying, expect it. God's going to, by the Holy Ghost, strengthen you. He'll send angels to minister to you. Did you know that the Bible says there are times, and maybe you uh, have had an experience like this, there are times where we entertain angels, we're unaware of it. We don't even know that it's an angel. We don't even know that it's an angel. And the Lord is sending angels. And the Bible said there are times you'll entertain angels unaware. I've, I know people that have had that experience. and They're like, who was that person? Where did that person go? Somebody actually just told me a story about this. I'm trying to think of what it was. Somebody came and helped them. They were overseas. Somebody came and helped them. They turned around to thank them, and that person was nowhere to be seen. Wasn't even there anymore. That person came to help them. Sometimes the Lord will send an angel on your behalf to help you, to strengthen you in the midst of your purpose. There are times you may not even know it's an angel while they're having, you, having it happen. Look, people are writing in the comments, that's happened to me. I've had that experience. Yeah. Beverly said it. Janine said it. There's people in the comments right now, that's happened to me before. The Lord will send angels. Glenn said it happened to us when we were in Nicaragua. I'm telling you, and you, those of you that are watching, you know what I'm talking about. The Lord will send angels to watch over you. Cassidy happened to JC. See, people are having this. Why? Because when we pray, when we serve God, when we're dedicated to him, he will send angels to watch over us. Jackie, I've had that experience. I want another encounter. Amen. 
We're seeking God. We're seeking God. And as we seek God, he'll dispatch help. Amen. He will dispatch strength. He'll dispatch help to, through his people. Brother Doug Eccles has a great story of help from an angel. Praise the Lord. We love Brother Doug. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, this is, I would, I would say this. This is happening for people far more often than they think. I don't mean that every day you're seeing angels or every day you're, I see angels everywhere I go. Every time I turn my head, I see an angel. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God is watching over people, helping people, protecting people far more than they understand or know. I don't think until we get to heaven will we truly know all the times God protected us, kept us, strengthened us. Suzanne Caperton, when I was a young girl in Jamaica, angelic help came to her. Praise God. Praise God. I'm just telling you, God sends help. He sends help when we need help. I've told you the story. That girl that I was in school with at Rama. She was on that private plane coming back into the Tulsa airport. Landing gear wouldn't come down. The pilot told them we're going to land on the belly, flip over on our head because of the crosswinds. And they already. she looked out the window. Emergency vehicles were already waiting on the runway. And she stood up and by faith she said, I command these things to come down. The plane shook. Plane shook. There was no reason for the plane to shake, but the plane shook, she said. And the landing gear came down. She said it was the, one of the smoothest landings I've ever had in my whole life. God will dispatch angels to help you, I'm telling you. And we don't even know. We don't even know how often this is taking place. But they're strengthening us in the midst of our purpose. Number two, the second thing that angels do is that they're carrying out God's pleasure on the earth. Angels are carrying out God's pleasure on the earth. Listen to this verse of scripture, Psalm 103, verses 20 and 21. This is the New Living Translation. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Verse 21. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Who serve him and do his will. Verse 20 says, who carry out his plans. So angels are carrying out God's pleasure or his plans on the earth. Glory to God. You know, that's why one of the reasons that I, I say that, <clears throat> because the King James there says carrying out his pleasure, his will. You know, there's a, that, the, there's a psalm there that says that the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. The Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And so I believe truly one of the things angels do is bring the blessing of God to his children. I absolutely believe that. It's one of the things God takes pleasure in. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, the Bible says. And the Bible declares, you angels who do his pleasure. Verse 21. And Glenn's giving us the reference there, Psalm 35, 27, takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So understand, if that's what one of the things God takes pleasure in and the angels carry out his pleasure on the earth, I have no doubt in my mind that angels are working to bring the, ble the blessing of heaven to God's people. Do you know, this happened to one of my 
uh, uncles one time, my uncle Tiff Shuttlesworth, my cousin Jonathan's father. This happened to him. He was overseas. I believe, if I have my story straight, he was in Germany at the time. And when he was in Germany, he had been doing missionary work. And he said, I took a group of missionaries. He said, at the end of this campaign, I'm going to take all of you to a very nice steak restaurant to get a, a really good dinner. And he took all the missionaries there and they're eating in the, in the restaurant. And then at the end, he said, I'm, I'm take, I just want you to know I'm taking care of the bill. But when the bill came, he realized in that moment, he did not have his wallet. He had no money. He had no way to pay this bill. And he was freaking out because he knew the missionaries didn't have money for this kind of a restaurant that he brought them to as a blessing. So he's like, what am I going to do? I, you know, he said, Could you, and he said, would you excuse me? And he got up from the table and he went out onto the street out in front of the restaurant. And he's just kind of walking and praying, God. And as he, he said, I had my eyes closed. And as he did, the wind was blowing. He felt like paper fly up against his shoe out on the street as he was praying with his eyes closed. He thought it was like a newspaper or something. When he looked down, there was like a bank, uh, like one of those bank bag, uh, those little paper bank folder bags. And he said it was full of money. And he, op he opened it up and pulled it out and looked at all of it. And then, he, you know, he, he said, I'm not crooked. Obviously, it could be somebody. They just did a withdrawal. He's looking around. He said he even went down the street and around the corner to see if anybody had dropped that bank bag of money. Couldn't find anybody that had dropped that, that money. He went back into the restaurant sat down and had the money not only to pay the bill, but to tip the waiter, everything that they did to bless those missionaries. How are you going to explain that? There's nobody even around to claim the bank bag, but angels, angels make it available. I'm, I'm telling you, the same thing happened just recently to one of our, our partners, Miss Nancy. She testified. I, sh I shared this story today. This happened this last year as we were, we were getting ready to talk about the building. She said, I was believing for a seed to sow into Miracle Word Church. And she's in Denmark. And all of a sudden, she on the ground, she finds 10,000 Danish kroner on the ground. Where's the people? Where's the people? I mean, she sent us, we put it in the magazine. The, she laid it out and took a picture of what she found on the ground. I'm telling you, angels are doing God's pleasure, carrying it out on the earth. Beverly said, give that angel my address. <laughs> give that angel my address. Carrying out God's pleasure. I remember hearing a story. I wish I could have been there for this. I was not there for this. But during the 1940s and the 50s, the powerful uh, voice of healing movement was going on in the United States after World War II came to an end. Tents, you know, they set tents up all over America, Oral Roberts did, A.A. Allen did, Jack Coe did, I mean, Raymond T. Ritchie, all these men of God, uh, David Nunn, many, many men of God uh, set tents up, preached the gospel, saw healings, miracles. But one of those nights I heard there were people in wheelchairs who had lost body parts during the war. And as the presence of God was moving under the tent, people saw visibly, it wasn't a vision, they saw it with their own eyes, angels descending through the top of the tent, bringing body parts from heaven and touching them onto the people who had lost limbs, lost body parts, and they were being healed instantly as the angels were attaching those body parts back to them, doing the pleasure of God. Healing his children is one of the things that's his will, that's his pleasure. And I'm telling you, angels are carrying out God's pleasure. Angels 
are carrying out God's pleasure. So if there's something God wants to be done on your behalf, he doesn't have to get off the throne. He doesn't have to send Jesus. He can just simply dispatch an angel that'll bring to you what he wants to have in your hand and it carries out his will, carries out his pleasure on the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's happening for us in 2024 under open heavens. Angels are working on our behalf. Angels are carrying out God's pleasure on our behalf. We're going to have supernatural things take place that are just mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Number three, what's the third thing that angels are, are working and doing on our behalf? Angels actually fight against the enemies of God. They fight against the enemies of God. We see that in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. It's still happening today. Isaiah 37, verse 36. This is the New Living. That night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. These were Assyrians that were surrounding Judah, threatening God's people. Don't forget, these are, this is an army. That's why they're called the hosts of heaven. They're, they're God's army. You see them in, in the scripture, 2 Kings 6. The prophet saw them. He said, there's more with us than there are with them. And when his servant's eyes were opened, he saw fiery angelic armies surrounding their enemies. Oh, and he knew. He knew what was going on. This is an army. Angels are an army of heaven. They fight against God's enemies. I say it, I'll say it again. There's a difference between unbelievers and the enemies of God. There's a difference between unbelievers and the enemies of God. Those that know the truth and have set themselves against God. Anti-God, anti-Christ agenda. Big difference. Big, big difference. Let me tell you, if you want to see some amazing testimonies, I was looking through this one time, it was a couple years ago. Testimonies of the Israeli soldiers from the Six-Day War. Whew. Glenn, what year was that? Was that 1967? Was the Six-Day War in 1967? Does anybody can remind me in the comments? I, I think it was 1967 if my memory serves, but I could be wrong. The Six-Day War. Man, there are some testimonies that Israeli soldiers, things they saw on the battlefield, things they experienced. William Burdett said it was 67. I heard one, one guy telling a story. He said, we were coming through and uh, we, were in a, we were in like our little camp and he said, uh, we were getting ready to be discovered by all these troops that were coming through. And as these troops were coming through, all of a sudden, and he said, this guy said, we're, they were like maybe a hundred meters away, close enough to spot us easily. And all of a sudden, as soon as, as that enemy, those enemy forces were coming near, they said out of nowhere, it was like a still day, and out of nowhere, a huge sandstorm picked up and obscured everything from vision. 
A sandstorm picked up and obscured everything, and they passed right by us and couldn't see us. Another one I read from the Six-Day War, they had a weapons cache that was, that was there in the, in the camp with them. Uh, missiles, uh, you know, war, like warhead missiles, things that were sitting there ready to be loaded. And all of a sudden, one of those, uh, you know, they shoot those things in the air that come down and explode. Not, not, uh, not claymores, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the word escapes me right now. But um, they said we were in the camp and all of a sudden one's coming right down at our camp and came and landed right in the weapons cache. A mortar, thank you. It landed right in the weapons cache on all the missiles and the, and the warheads and never went off. I mean, sat there and did not go off. It was a dud. <laughs> it was a dud. And then I read another one where they claimed, no question, it was angels. Um, they saw angelic beings on the battlefield over by their enemy's tanks. They saw it. I mean... God doing supernatural things, just fighting against the enemies of God's people. Oh yeah, that's a good day, Glenn. When you've got a dud that lands in your weapons cache, that's a good day. That's a very good day. Kevin says, do you think there are people on earth who are themselves against God or are the ignorant or, or are they ignorant or controlled by demons? I would say there's a multiple, there's, there's, <laughs> there's multiples there. There are definitely people on earth, and, and if you're not saved, then you're under the inf you can be under the influence of demons easily. And there's an ignorance, but I'm talking about people who know the truth, and, and when I say that, meaning they know what they're doing. It's not that they're just sinners and they're just living sinful lives. I'm talking about people that are actively working against God's purpose, trying to push back against the church, shut churches down, do wicked things, promote wicked things, promote an anti-Christ agenda, a globalist agenda, a one-world agenda. That's what I'm talking about. And they're knowingly working to do what the devil wants done in the earth. There's people, we don't even know. We're so naive in America. There are people that are worshiping Satan, worshiping demons in different arenas in America. We've got them in the government. We've got people that are in Hollywood. There's people, you don't even know they're, they're cultists. They're doing stuff publicly. They're making signs publicly. They're doing things on stage. They're doing things that are perfectly planned to show what they are, who they are. And we're sitting back like, oh no, I think he went to church when he was young. No, I'm telling you, there are people with demonic agendas. They've sold their souls and they know they have. When Dr. Rodney Howard Brown went to Washington, D.C., when he was not doing those night services, he went in and he was walking through talking to different senators. And uh, he, he I won't mention who this is, but I know this senator. He walked into his office and was talking to him for a while. And uh, the senator said to him, he said, uh, Dr. Rodney, you almost have to sell your soul to be able to do the stuff you, you've got to do here. And Dr. Rodney looked right at him and said, have you sold your soul, Senator? And he said, no, I haven't. No, I've not. But don't think there are not those that haven't. Because I'm telling you right now, and you know it very well, there are people, they already have that agenda. They're already working towards that. 
They're already working towards that. They've shaken hands behind closed doors. They've made pacts. They've made blood oaths. If you think there are not, just go to, go to some of the Ivy League schools in our country. What do you think's going on at Yale? What do you think's going on at Harvard? What do you think these, these uh, secret societies are all about? Where our presidents have come out of, other leaders, dignitaries have come out of. What do you think that the, what's going on behind the scenes? It's not just handshakes and dinners and yacht clubs. There are people that have made pacts behind closed doors. How many times you go look at old man Bush, PR, press, press conferences, young man Bush. How many times, go back through and look, how many times did they mention new world order? New world order, new world order, new world order. What are they talking about? What do you think they're talking about? There are people that are working on a plan that's not their own. It's not their own. There are people behind the scenes that are doing wicked things. Yeah. Glenn said there's a video of people worshiping Satan in Brussels, Belgium at the Capitol. Yes. There are people that have demonic antichrist agendas and plans they're working towards. They're the enemies of God. You know, you can step outside of just being an unbeliever and step over into the category of being an enemy of God. Ask King Herod. <laughs> Ask him. It's a different level when you've been eaten from the inside out by worms because you took God's glory. You stepped out of just being somebody that was displeasing to God to somebody that was an enemy of God. God fights his own battles and he has an angelic army that fights on his behalf and they're fighting against the enemies of God. Actively fighting against God's enemies. It's absolutely wild. Absolutely. I would never want to stand in God's way. I'd never want to stand in God's way. When he said, I'm going to do something, I said, no, you won't. I would have hated to be Hugo Chavez and said that there are not going to be any Christian crusades in this nation and we're sending missionaries out of this nation and shortly thereafter was dead. Was dead. <laughs> You're not going to stand in the way of an entire nation's soul. It's not happening. God loves people too much. He loves people too much. Number four, I love this one. Angels are sent to protect you. Angels are sent to protect you. Hallelujah. Put it in the comments. Number four, angels are sent to protect you. Listen to this, Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Hallelujah. What a scripture. Tammy said, I've been protected by an angel when my ex-husband tried to kill me. God allowed me to see him preventing him from cutting my throat. You can't tell me they're not helping us. They're absolutely helping us. And thank God that angel was there that day, Tammy. What was going on? Psalm 34, 7 was going on. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him and rescues them. Glory to God. 
and rescues them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've told this story before. I love this story. One of my favorites. There's this man my, my grandfather knew who was a missionary. I believe he pastored in Texas later on, but he was a missionary overseas for a while. He's the one I told you about that was in his missionary compound overseas in a place that was very hostile to the gospel. And the next day, um, men from the village came to the compound to ask him to be saved. And these were men that had opposed his work, his missionary work had come against them. And he was confused. He's like, why are you coming now? What changed your mind? Like, what? why are you now coming to, to ask to be saved? And they said, because last night we came here to kill you. And they had come up with machetes and different weapons. And they said, but when we came up to the entrance of your compound, there were two huge men with flaming swords standing at the entrance of the compound. And we turned and went back home where we came from. We understood at that moment that your God is more powerful and we want what you have. Gave their hearts to Jesus. Why? Angels were positioned there to protect the ones during their prayer meeting in the compound. That's what they were doing the night before, having a prayer meeting in the compound. Angels stationed outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Angels stationed outside. That'll make you shout. That will make you shout. I was uh, thinking back to when I got in the car accident that I was in. And um, I'll tell you another one. This just happened. I haven't shared this. But I'll share it tonight. We just got back from our family vacation in... Colorado. And when we got there, this was just a few weeks ago, I rented an SUV and we left the Denver airport and um, we're headed towards Vail up in the mountains. And um, as I was driving, the weather was very, very bad. Fresh snow. It, it was snowing. The plows hadn't even had a chance to get out on the road yet. And so here I am hmm. And we're, I mean, we're on Interstate 70 and I'm driving, but I'm driving like very slow. I'm driving, I mean, we're on the actual big wide interstate where, you know, I think 70, 75, I don't know what the, the, mile, the um, speed limit is. I'm doing like 35 miles an hour, 35, I was probably between 35, 40 miles an hour. And I was, I was going slow. The problem was we were already kind of going downhill at this point on the interstate. There's traffic around, but I'm doing my best to get us to, to Vail. We got the whole family in the vehicle, my three kids, my wife, and, and I'm driving. And as I'm going 35 miles an hour, the, the SUV hits black ice on the interstate and I lose control. This is just a few weeks ago. I totally lose control of the SUV and it starts to turn. It's turning this way. I turned into that slide and it corrected itself and started sliding back the other way. I turned into that and I'm telling you, there's like a little, I mean, you're talking about a little barrier that's like this high. And then you're like the drop off the side of the mountain and I'm, and I'm turning and it corrects. I'm turning, it corrects, but I'm literally all over the road. My SUV's turning in full, like 180 degree boat back and forth as I'm steering. And I'm like, 
and, and, and one more turn and the SUV came around and just hit on the front corner on the, uh, on the, the barrier. The barrier stayed intact. I, I got out. The airbags didn't even deploy. Nothing, nothing had no other cars involved. I didn't hit anybody. Nobody hit me. I just came to a stop, rested against the, the, uh, wall on the side of the road on the interstate. I look around, it kind of shook my son up in the back because he didn't know what was happening. He was, he was watching a show on his iPad and all of a sudden it hit and he looked around and he, he, he for a minute, he, he was like, what is going on? And then he was fine again, back to watching his show. And, and literally no cars, no injuries, no issues. The place, the, the barrier didn't break and send me over a mountain. No, nothing else happened. Not even the car was, all I had to do is put it, pull, pull around and keep on going. The car was even extremely drivable. I looked out because when, when I heard it happen, I thought, man, this whole car has been like destroyed. That's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. And the way we hit, it felt like, and we got out and looked at it. There was like a little scrape on the front bumper, like a, a, a like the front corner. There was like a little scuff there where it, where it came into contact. It sounded like the whole side of the car had been smashed. I didn't know if it's going to be drivable. Got and look, almost nothing. And I'm telling you, I believe, just like with my other car accident, angels were watching over us. Angels were watching over us. Hallelujah. And this was just a few weeks ago. You talk about something that could have turned out way worse. And we've seen those as we're driving. We used to drive everywhere in the ministry. We've seen far worse. We've seen cars in flames. We've seen pileups. We've seen everything. Yeah, that's right. Tyler said, if you were Canadian, you'd say, hold my coffee and watch this. That's it. But God watches over you. God watches over you. Angels are watching over you. Angels are protecting you from the attacks of the devil. And even if there's something that's an accident or something that's a whatever might be, angels are watching over you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say this, this as well, because I was talking about angels and you don't even know that you are uh, entertaining angels. Number five, put it in the comments, angels will deliver you from destruction. That's what I'm getting at right now. Angels will deliver you from destruction. And of course, I told you how the angel came and saved Peter out of that jail cell the night before his execution. He's good, Glenn. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, bet. Uh, Betty David Travis said, I had the same thing happen to me. Three daughters in the car completely turn around the streets, hit no cars. Angels will save you from destruction. Oh, yeah. Scott said, I've never seen them, but I know that I, I've been saved because he should have been seriously hurt or, or died multiple times. Oh, absolutely. Watching over you, Scott. Keeping you, keeping your family. Think of that. The, the Lord kept you and the Lord kept your wife. Both of you, think about that. You're alive today, Scott, because angels protected you. Your wife's alive today because angels protected her. Angels are watching over the Caperton family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Angels will deliver us from destruction. Can I tell you, uh, some of our partners, that my, this is uh, such a wonderful story. I love this. I was preaching in North Carolina, and this is where we first met this family, but we got a message that they had been in a very, very bad, I'm talking life-alteringly bad car accident. 
And uh, they're like, you need to pray right now. You need to, you need to believe God. So we get the testimony comes back that it was such a bad accident that when the paramedics arrived on the scene, they were asking people where the bodies were, where the corpses were. Because the, the accident was so terrible, the paramedics who have seen tons of accidents were sure these people are dead. We have to take their bodies away in body bags. Where are the bodies? They said, no, they're not dead. They're right over here. Mind blown. So here they are in this terrible accident. And um, they found themselves on the side of the road. They told uh, people that came later, they said, and, and the, the reason they knew this is because when the police officers started to do the police report on what happened, they were describing what happened and everybody was accounted for in their description except one guy. One guy. They said, yeah, we were in there. We were stuck. Uh, we were stuck in, in, the, um, in the car and a guy came and pulled both of them out of the vehicle and set them over on the side of the road. <laughs> and so they're going around. No other drivers of any other car saw who this man was or saw this man at all. There was no other car unaccounted for. There was no other, but nobody knew what they were talking about. There was, we never saw a, a, another man. An angel, that's the only thing we could, that we could surmise. An angel came and when they were in that car, like pulled them out of the car and set them safely on the side of the road. They should have been dead. That's how serious it was. Destroyed. But God not only preserved their life, but sent an angel to pull them out of that car. Hallelujah. And Adam and Beth are still alive today to tell the testimony of the goodness of God. That when they should be dead, God preserved their life. Hallelujah. Whew. Glory to God. That makes you want to shout. Angels are literally preserving you from destruction. Angels are delivering you from destruction. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I'm still connected to this ministry today. Carolyn's in the comments. Still, God loves Adam and Beth. That's right. But can I give you something? God loves Adam and Beth, but he doesn't love Adam and Beth more than he loves you. And he's got angels dispatched on your behalf. I mean, listen, you look, you th we watch these shows sometimes. We see all these secret agents. We see James Bond. We see the, the Jack Ryans. We see the, you know, the Jason Bournes. We see all these different, uh, the, these agents that are so deadly. If you think that those types of agents are deadly, Secret Service, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, whatever, what do you think these angels are like? <laughs> what do you think these angels are like? These are the most elite forces in the entire universe. What a testimony, Josh. Wow. Andrew said twice while riding my bicycle, had to lie down, had to lay it down once when a driver wasn't paying attention. And while exercising my dog, the bike was laid down so softly, no injuries. Amazing. That's right, Jack Reacher's got nothing on angels. Angels, the most elite forces in the universe, and they're working on your behalf. 
They're working on the behalf of those who have inherited salvation. I'm telling you, don't forget the fact that as you pray, as you're believing God, angels are literally working on your behalf right now. I had to encourage you with this tonight because I was thinking about the fact that that testimony hit me again. We're entertaining angels, even unaware. We don't even know. We don't even know. Wow. I mean, there's so many testimonies coming up in the comments. People, things have happened to people, but angels, but God's watching over people. God is taking care of people. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. And I'm telling you, that's the kind of stuff that we should expect throughout our lives. Josh said, I heard many people say the same thing happened to them during a car accident. Science calls it third man syndrome. I call it the Lord God Almighty sending his angels. I agree. I totally agree. The Lord knows how to protect you. <laughs> I'll tell you a story um, that I, I believe this. I totally believe this with all my heart. An angel protected my daughter Madeline from injury when she was just a little baby. One time we were preaching uh, up in New Brunswick, Canada, and we were staying with the pastor in the parsonage, and the parsonage had hardwood floors, but the beds were, you know, those high beds. They were, they were extra high, and this was back when Maddie was very little um, to the point where she couldn't even sit up on her own, and if you've ever seen for, for babies, they have those, uh, parents will know what I'm talking about, those bumpo seats where it's like a squishy material that you sit them in, you put their big chunky legs through the holes and you know it's got a back so they can sit up and kind of sit there and look around. We had one of those bumpo seats for Maddie. She was our only child at the time. And it was time for her afternoon nap. So Carolyn had taken her in and put her on the bed and she would always put pillows around her to keep her from rolling off the, from rolling off the bed. And um, so she was in there and closed the door, and we were just hanging with the pastor and his wife and watching a show or something like that while letting her sleep. And we hadn't heard anything from Maddie in a while. And Karen was like, you, ought to, you should go in there and check on Maddie and see how she's doing. So I get up off the couch. I walk into the bedroom. And when I open the door, I'm looking at the bed, and I see the pillows surrounded. There's no Maddie there. Maddie's gone. I'm like, what in the world? And I look down, and Maddie is on the floor, on the, on the hardwood floor, but we had just laid the bumpo seat on the floor after using it to feed her or whatever. It's sitting there on the floor and Maddie is perfectly sitting in the bumpo seat with her legs through the leg holes. And, but she, you know, she couldn't walk. She couldn't, she's just up there laying. I don't know how it happened. She must've rolled until she fell off the bed. I'm telling you, I believe this with all my heart that, I mean, imagine being on extra high bed as a baby and hitting that hard hardwood for, floor full force. I believe an angel grabbed her or caught her and put her right in that seat. Because I walked in there, I was like, there's no way she should be in that seat. There's no way for her to get in it. There's no way. An angel, I believe, either caught her when she fell or placed her right in that seat and kept her safe from smashing her head, smashing her face on that hardwood floor. And God watched over Maddie. Oh yeah, we'd have, we'd have heard her fall. There's no question about that. We would have not only heard the fall, we'd have heard the scream cry after the fall. <laughs> no question about that. I'm telling you, I believe an angel took hold of her 
and put her right in that soft seat. Angels are watching over us. Angels are watching over us. God sent angels to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. That's you and that's me. Angels are working on our behalf. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you to expect it as we pray, as we're setting our faith in 2024, expect angelic assistance. Expect angelic assistance. Expect angels to go out ahead of you and to do the pleasure of God on the earth. Expect angels to strengthen you in your purpose. Expect you're not just running alone. Of course, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Of course, God's power is dwelling in you. But don't forget, God sent angels too. It's his desire. It's not some weird thing that we're trying to get involved with because we're, no, no, no. This is God's desire. He set it up. God set it up. It's his system. He's the one that created angels. He's the one that sent them on your behalf. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, as we pray, as we fast, as we prepare ourselves for what's to come in 2024, you better believe that the faithful have angels working on their behalf. And I'm believing the exact same thing for you. Angels are watching over you. Angels are strengthening you. Angels are carrying out God's will in your life. This is going to be an uncommon year. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. And you're going to be blown away. I'm going to be blown away. Somebody asked in the comments, do angels heal? No, Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer, and he's already purchased healing for us. Hallelujah. He's purchased that healing for us. Now we have a healing covenant through Jesus Christ. So angels, they don't forgive us of our sins like some teach. They don't heal us. No, we have Jesus as a healer. We have Jesus as a healer in the new covenant. Amen. He's our healer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing tonight on this. Some of you, you wouldn't even be here today. And some of you even wrote that in the comments if angels hadn't protected you. But I'm going to tell you something. In 2024, Angels are not just going to protect us. Our children are divinely protected. Our grandchildren will be divinely protected. We're going to run in a new strength being ministered to by those ministering spirits. Hallelujah. God's putting a hedge of protection around us. God's keeping us. Wicked things are being thrown from our presence in Jesus' name. God's arising. His enemies are being scattered Every single day that we walk in the covenant, his enemies are scattered. They run from us. You resist the devil, he flees from you. Any wicked thing that's sent towards you, angels are fighting on your behalf. The most elite forces in the universe are fighting on your behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, expect big things this year. Expect big things (laughs) this year. I told you, I, I said earlier today, we're getting ready to help people get their books out. People, people want to write a book. There's I, Just from the things I've read in the comments tonight, you've got some books to write. There's people here, you've got a story to tell. Don't leave that. Don't leave that on the table. Don't leave that on the table. Hear me. 
I was just reading just some of your testimonies from, from people putting stuff in the comments tonight. You need to, you need to write that. You need to write that. You need to put you need to make that into a book. And what we're doing, because we want to help people with that, is uh, we're going to put something together to take you all the way through. Because you need, I'm just telling you, this is vital. This is vital. If God's done something for you, through you, to you, you need to share it. You need to share it. Your story, your testimony is so powerful, it'll change somebody else. Wow. <laughs> My cousin Jonathan, he's funny. You know, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown told him he needed to write a, a book about how that angel appeared to him and anything. He said, if I did, it would be like half a page long because it was so quick. But I think he could because it's not about just, um, you know, the fact that the angel met with him and that the angel spoke to him. But then look look how it's affected and impacted his life. It's not just about the origin story. It's about everything God's used him to do afterwards. By angelic assignment, he obeyed that instruction from God, and the doors have opened. When God impacts your life, there's a story to tell. When God impacts your life, there's a story to tell. Hallelujah. There's a story to tell. And you have a story to tell. I'll tell you, Maddie will put this in the comments, but we, we did this because we want people to get involved. I want to help you get that story out. We started Miracle Word Publishing. It's not just for the books that our ministry is putting out, but the things that you guys are doing as well. And we want to help you get things published. If you will go to miracleword.com, just hit restream, the top one, and then type it in the comments. Miracleword.com forward slash author. Miracleword.com. Make sure it's a forward slash though. Forward slash author. Here's what we want to do. If you're interested in getting your story out, writing your book, there's, there's some of you, the Lord has spoken to you many times and told you, you need to get this out. And then others are like, man, you need to get a book out. And you've heard it many, many times. Go to miracleword.com forward slash author, fill out the form. I will get in touch with you because we want to help you get that out. Yeah, that's right. My wife said it's the same uh, for your dad. My dad, yeah, multiple times has had encounters throughout different aspects and times in his life. And God has given him things, shown him things. It's supernatural. The way God interacts with you and uses you to impact your generation. That's who I'm talking to. The reason I call you the victory tribe, we are the elite force God's using in these final moments of time. Amen. I'll tell you, not everybody's willing to fast and pray, but we're doing it. You're doing it. Not everybody's willing, but God's looking for faithful, obedient, diligent, hungry people. He found them here. He found them among the Victory Tribe. He found them among Miracle Word Church. And I'm telling you, we're going to see uncommon things happen in 2024. Hallelujah. Uncommon things are coming to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, 
Makando rostegia tashe tedidiste, kamado ko roste kedidisa. Father, I thank you now for angelic assistance that's being afforded to us. Thank you, Lord, that you are sending angels to work on our behalf. That because we're connected to your kingdom, we are going to see angelic things happen, supernatural things happen. I thank you, Lord, that you're strengthening us in our purpose. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're fighting against the enemies of your kingdom, the enemies of your church, of your plans, that every enemy is being scattered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you're protecting us from wickedness, wicked things, protecting our nation. Hallelujah. Protecting our nation, watching over us. Lord, I ask you, protect this nation from terrorist attacks, from every wicked thing that was sent to destroy and bring us down. As long as your faithful people are here. Lord, if you were willing to spare Sodom and Gomorrah for just 10 righteous, what will you do for the United States of America? What will you do for Canada, Eastern, Western Europe? What will you do for the nations of the world where you have hundreds of thousands and millions in nations, tens of millions in some nations, crying out to you? Preserve us, Lord. Keep us from every attack of the, uh, the as the, your word says, the snare of the fowler, the attack of, of the enemy of God. Preserve us, protect us from every wicked thing. Let us operate in a new fire in 2024. We're running in a new fire. We're running in a new anointing. Let us be more impactful this year than we've ever been. I pray that you would put your mighty hand on us in such a way that we would be, make more impact and produce more fruit in one year than we have in the history of our lives in the kingdom. Things that don't make sense for us are getting ready to happen. It'll even blow our minds, and we have faith. We believe you. We believe your word. We believe your spirit. But it'll be so big that it will exceed even our faith, even our expectation, because you do exceeding abundantly and above all that you can ask or think. We can't even ask big enough, Lord. We can't even think big enough for what you're about to do. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you're watching over our families, our children, our spouses, our husbands, wives, our fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers. Our families have that hedge of protection. The blood of Jesus surrounds it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I'm asking you, send revival to your churches this year. If there are churches in this nation that have fallen back and away from the move of the Holy Spirit, they've lost their fire. Maybe they were on fire at one time, but they've burned down to just kindling. They've burned down to just embers. Blow your breath on them. Add a fresh fuel to them in Jesus' name. And let this be the year churches spring back up into burning fire again. Let this be the year that believers spring back up into burning fire again in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this be the year that we see our children stepping up and winning souls, our children stepping up, laying their hands on the sick, our children stepping up, seeing people baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is the year of open heavens. Let it be open over every area of our lives. Lord, let us be in position for promotion every month of this year. Don't let one month come to an end and we are not in position for supernatural promotion. In the name of Jesus Christ, don't let one month end and us not be in position for promotion. 
Promotion only comes from you, Lord. We know that. It doesn't come from our talent, our ability, our wisdom, our education. It comes from you. We're not depending on ourselves. We're depending on you in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, let this be a year where open heavens are clearly seen. And because the heavens are open, everything in the earth opens up. Doors that were shut for years come open quickly in Jesus' name. Things that were not working before are working now. We have favor not only with you, but because we have favor with you, we have favor with men. We have favor with men everywhere we go. Things fall into our laps. Surprises come to us. Let that happen. Lord, I pray before January comes to an end, surprise your people with your goodness. Surprise your people with your goodness. Surprise your people with your mercies. Do uncommon things just in January alone blow our minds. Hallelujah. Give us opportunities that we weren't afforded before. Let us make impact. Let us do things in the month of January that we've never done before. And before we even get into February, let us have testimonies in our hands. Let us have turnaround testimonies in our hands in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that it's happening quickly. Thank you, Lord, that you're dispatching angels to work on our behalf. We give you honor. We give you glory. We're operating in a new strength, a new peace, and a new joy in this year. We say thank you, Lord. We give you praise for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say aloud, amen. Lift your hands in the comments. Throw some fire in the comments. Thank you, Jesus. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.